Pros in the know start with Lowe's because Lowe's makes it easy to save big on building materials to finish any job. Need to stock up on water heaters? Save 5% on select A.O. Smith water heaters when you buy three or more of the same model. Plus, save 5% on eligible purchases every day when you use your Lowe's business credit account. So, pro, now that you know, start with Lowe's. While supplies last, credit offer subject to credit approval can't be combined with other credit offers. Exclusions apply, U.S. only. Spiritualism and mediumship is on the change. The vibrations of our forefathers are pushing the teachings and the energy levels to new limits. With these higher vibrations come special lights, lights that shine on the earth plane in a way that's starting to make a difference to our lives. One such light, Catherine Glass, is a true spiritual light, one that's been blessed through a long bloodline of mediums. Catherine talks extensively about connection, but also the soul-to-soul healing that is taking place. Remember that this is a human being, it's a soul-to-soul connection going on here, you know, it, it, and so even if your person is uptight or whatever, obviously the more warm and open they are, the easier the connection may be for you, the medium, but your job is to bring through healing presence. So you can't force them to accept it, but remember there's a soul in there, <laughs> the person you're reading. I'm Julian Jenkins, and you're listening to That's the Spirit. Catherine comes from a lineage of psychic sensitives and healers, born in the cowl, also known as the veil or the hood, which has long been considered a sign of true psychic ability. Catherine's been using her gifts to bring help and healing to others for more than 20 years. She's a graduate of the Barbara Brennan School of Healing and studied under Tony Stockwell at the Arthur Finley College in Stansted. She's the co-founder of the Healing Essence Center in Concord, won Best American Psychic in 2013 and hosted the Sixth Sense and Beyond TV show. I posed the question, when did Spirit announce their arrival? Um, Well, it's kind of a a dual thing because um, Spirit came to me clearly as a medium in a conscious way much later when I was older, but actually um, as a child, you know, I was uh, extremely intuitive and psychic. And I know that because my mother told me so, literally. Um, I was born uh, from a lineage of of transcendentalists, you know, Ralph Waldo Emerson, I'm in that line. And um, I think my soul chose wisely in this life to uh, come into a family circle that was not freaked out by the fact um, that there were, you know, spiritual gifts. So it was never poo-pooed or shut out of me. I grew up around tarot cards and Ouija boards and astrology and truth seeking. And my grandparents were theosophists and transcendentalists. So it was common in my home um, to have, you know, phenomenon be discussed or mentioned or just taken for granted. So when my mother saw um, symptoms in me as a very young child, for example, Um, she would read to me and I would say, oh, mommy, I know what's going to happen. And I would, you know, verbatim tell her the next two pages, what takes place and, oh, you're psychic, you know? And so that just continued as I got older. And then um, tragically, when I was six, my sister passed away. She was 17 and she was older than me, obviously 12 years. And, um, 
and she died very quickly and suddenly from an illness. And I think uh, the veil really opened then. And also I found out many years later that my mom's mom, my grandmother Gertrude was also a medium um, and a healer, hands-on healer, but not practicing, like she didn't have a profession. But my mother used to beg her to do the Ouija board with her. And she would say, oh, but I, I already know what they're gonna say. You know, like it wasn't fun for her. It wasn't a cool thing entertaining wise. It was a serious, deep spiritual path for her to commune with the spirit realm. So as I grew older, um, having had that loss of my sister, I think that something just stayed connected for me. And I can remember being very little saying, I don't wanna see a spirit. I don't ever wanna see a spirit. So I shut it down somehow consciously, because unlike many of my colleagues, Julian, uh, other mediums that I've met along my journey here, um, they often have stories that are really cool and like spectacular. Like I can remember being two years old in the crib and faces and spirits coming to me and I didn't know how to shut it off. And, and I see people walking around people. and I never had any of that. I was just always extremely psychic and intuitive. Um, could read people without even knowing I was reading them. I would be predicting things, didn't know they were predictions. Until much later uh, in my 20s when I decided to become a massage therapist and get my hands on people. And that's when it blew open um, very strongly. And I was very, very attracted to the healing arts. And I left theater and performing arts, and uh, which I was living in New York for at the time. And I moved to California and I trained to be a healer. And that's when spirit was ready for me to be ready to stop being afraid of the astral realm and to really open my heart and mind to my gifts. And so I did that and it was very consecutive and methodical. I became a hands-on massage person and then I became an energy healer and I trained for several years at Brennan. And then I studied clairvoyant training for five years. And then um, it was during that clairvoyant training where I was learning not to do hands-on healing at a table, but to sit across from a person and do a psychic reading, an actual reading, just reading, no cards, no tools, just reading, clairaudiently, clairvoyantly, clairsentiently, all clairs. And it was like falling off a log for me. It was effortless and so easy and fun. And, um, and then one day during one of those readings, I said, who's David? And the woman I was reading said, that, that's my son, he's, he's passed away. And that's when it really blew open like a horn. And that was when I was probably 33, maybe. And now I'm 55. So you do the math. <laughs> I love the way you speak so passionately about um, all the different clairs and how you work, etc. But is there one vein that is more pertinent to you than any of the others? You know, for me, honestly, it's always been clairaudient. So I hear words first in my head. And, and I've always been like the one who would sing along with the radio, having never heard the song, but kind of singing the, the words well, because I'm just very clairaudient, extremely so. So for me, um, I would sit in the, the way, the techniques we were taught, for example, you know, sitting with your feet flat on the floor, closing your eyes, lining up your spine, connecting to your chakras, your energy field, and um, becoming aware of your energy lifting and coming up, 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 and very much around the crown, we would visualize, this was in Brennan School, it's the first time I learned to sort of channel and open that part consciously. And to imagine a beam of, or a column of energy here, it's sort of your, 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 um, hotline to the divine, to the spirit realm. And of course, always affirming, you know, light and wonderful highest good. 
Uh, and this exercise was specifically to channel, uh, channel or connect with spirit guidance, your own spirit guidance. She didn't say guides, but she said your guidance. And so I assume she meant someone that was going to talk to me and guide me. And so that was the first experience. And I just remember feeling very um, full of light. And, and I kept visualizing and feeling and seeing and knowing, like knowing I'm in a brilliantly lit environment of energy and space. And, and I felt very, very right is the only word I can explain. I felt home. I felt like, oh, this is familiar. And so when you practice that and allow your mind, your mind's going to be human. You're going to notice you have an itch and you're going to, you know, say, oh, is this working? But if you can just kind of quiet that and let that float by and just stay, just stay and keep visualizing yourself expanding and getting very, very big and full of light yourself. You sort of blend with that light that you're experiencing. I call it light because it feels very bright behind my eyes and it looks very white golden to me. Um, and then there was words, there was immediate like, um, we love you, my child, or, you know, you are safe, we are with you. I would hear words like that. And then the exercise or the assignment would be to uh, now take your hand and sink into the thigh of the person you're working with and go in with your inner vision and see what you see, hear, feel, or know. And you just rest your hand there with the intention to look inside that person's body, because this was an energy healing training too, remember. But I was seeing a skiing accident and this person broke their femur or whatever that bone is called. And so, and I was seeing a dirt road and a truck. So I was getting all this information. So when you go in and you get still and you stay lifted because your vessel needs to be aligned, you can, um, you can really connect and, and just trust. It's really a, an act of surrender and faith, I think. I've been speaking to a lot of mediums lately and they talk about the need to surrender, which is, you know, something that you talk about. Is it, for me, it is about creating that space, allowing spirit to fill it. And that's where the power comes really. I'm working on a on a power meditation now to get us into that energy, into the power. But creating that space for spirit to fill it is, is extremely powerful, isn't it? Yes, and that... Um, Julian, is when it's quite strong. I've noticed for me, having been doing this for almost 30 years now, um, I've trained with the, the best, so many beautiful teachers and different techniques. And to, to students out there, I would say, and I'm always a student. I mean, I still study. I'm still learning. Um, but every take everything you can get and put it in the pot because because you won't go any one direction. You know, you will you will become your own unique vehicle of of healer, medium, trans channel, whatever you are, or a combination thereof. Um, that's specifically unique to you and your own instrument. And I've been also taught methods where we don't go in and meditate first. We just go sit with the sitter and. We're off and running and bam, what do you get? Tune in. Spirit is a river that's always running over here in the next dimension, in the next room. There's a song playing. All you have to do is shift your focus and you're there. Yep. That comes with practice and time. Some people, I think students can get too caught up in the technique of I have to sit and I have to get in this right <laughs> space and the power, you know, and, and well, what is that? And am I there? And I don't know. And, you know, it's more like relax into it and allow your natural state, which is spirit 
to expand your boundaries and open to connect to that which you already are and just allow that to bubble up in you and flow. And when, when you're actually with someone you're going to read for, it's even easier because their people are there with them. And so you can invite them in, 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 in any way you choose to, to draw closer to you. And you'll start getting, you know, feelings or images or, or, you know, it's, it's everything about this work is getting out of your own way. And it's all about our ego. I'm going to share a really quick brief story. When I first went to Stansted for the first time, and I took a class in platform mediumship, okay? My mediumship had opened up. Actually, I realized I had been doing mediumship for quite a while, but I didn't know it was technically mediumship, I guess, until I um, decided to go take a platform class. And I dove right in. I signed up for advanced level, and I said, I'm going across the pond. I'm going to do this. And so I, I signed up and took the course, and it was wonderful. And at some point, you have to do a demonstration in front of the whole lesson, the whole circle, the whole group um, of all the classes, all the tutors. I was terrified. And I just remember being behind that curtain waiting to go on. And I, all I could do was like shake and, and, and freak out and think, oh my God, what have I done? What am I doing? But along with that was out of nowhere, thoughts that weren't my own was I was hearing a song, um, a folk song from the 60s. I was seeing a woman with dark hair and a split part in the middle and she reminded me of someone from an American movie called Love Story and so and this was many minutes before I was to go on stage but I couldn't shake it so I had to jump in the river and I got up there and I delivered it and it was probably one of the most accurate messages I have ever given with the best evidence it was my first platform and spirit will do that with you because they want to get you hooked <laughs> and you get this great experience and it's all details you know she died in october of breast cancer she was 32 and and you know she baked chocolate chip cookies and one of the tutors said oh no they don't have chocolate chip cookies in england that's not right and the one hand that went up in the audience who could claim this spirit only one person and that's what you want you want to dial it down she said actually she lived in america she married a filmmaker and i was her nurse and she did bake chocolate chip cookies i was floored at at even with that level of nerves and um, and insecurity and my own ego mind in the way, spirit was strong and held me there. And that's what spirit will do for you when you jump in that river and trust what you hear, see, know, feel, and get. I truly love the trust word and, and having that faith and belief in spirit and surrendering yourself over to that. And it is hugely important. And it's something that you know you so eloquently put in terms of your uh, in terms of your past messages but you know is there one thing that you would say to to up and coming mediums or buddy mediums or even experienced mediums that you know they should really do be learning uh, doing mediumship studying mediumship studying technique practicing and also letting go and being fresh and in the moment like the beginner it's it's a real blending of energies and there are times when you get tired and you need a rest and a break and there are times when you're really on and excited, but it's true, Julian, you know, when you start trying too hard, I think that all the training is very good for decorum, how to be on a stage, how to be with an audience, how to be with a sitter, um, how to get out of your own way. There's a lot to learn, a lot to learn and a lot to practice. And the rest comes with you and spirit. It just, it just comes with your instrument, you know? 
Meditation, I think, is key for spiritual development. But one area I keep crossing over all the time now at the moment is is bringing mindfulness into that. So we have our spiritual meditation where we connect with spirit and you know our guides and inspirers and help us come close. But getting into the power and the energy and creating that space, uh, I'm using mindfulness a lot, and I, I I think it's working really well. Is that something you've seen? Yeah, I mean, you know, I know what mindfulness is, forms of it. Um, I've done lots of different, you know, all the years of training as a healer. There's so many modalities of meditation and and certainly mediumship meditation. I mean, you know, to plug Tony, he's got incredible CDs if you want guided meditation to, to prepare for mediumship, um, meeting your spirit guides, going up to a bench. There are things you can like active meditation and then there's passive, like you said, where you're just really allowing your breath, your presence, you know, always tuning into the breath first and foremost, which brings you back to the moment, which is mindfulness and staying with what's happening here and now. And then you begin to be aware of your body sensations. That's also mindfulness. Just stay, stay, stay in the moment. And what starts to happen is your mind starts to just clear and sort of soften. And you kind of feel like you, your lines disappear, your outline kind of disappears and you kind of just get, very big and fat and expanded. And, um, and you, you feel like you could sit for a very long time. Once you get there, it's getting to that point that takes repeated practice, you know, getting to the 15, 20 minute, 25 minute mark. That's when you start getting deeper. Um, and, and it takes a lot of time and practice to do that and discipline. Again, I'm going to use the word surrender, but when we feel as if we surrender to spirit, then that fear of making the mistakes, the fear of not getting the information right, and sometimes the fear of giving the information because you just don't know whether it's right. You've got to go and you've got to surrender yourself and ensure that the information you give, you get given, you give. Uh, With experience and recognizing that my ego is involved now and it doesn't belong there and you must not compare yourself to anyone ever or any other mediums and of course everyone's human and they do it but you must stop yourself and discipline yourself immediately and say i did my best work tonight and don't make excuses just learn from what you did observe like oh i didn't stay focused enough on that long enough or if you're going to analyze it be constructively critical and then put it to bed and let it go and just say, thank you, spirit. You know, one thing Mavis Patilla said to us, it was so beautiful. After every demonstration she does, she always goes and says, she doesn't worry about what the people thought. She worries about what spirit thought. And she says, spirit, did I do well for you tonight? Was I a good messenger? Did I serve you well? And remember, your job is to get the, their words and thoughts across to the people you're reading for and bring healing for that connection. So, so um, worrying less about the egos in the audience, the human incarnated brains, and more about how you're serving spirit. And that right there will help you stay connected to the true force of the energy, and that will keep your mediumship more pure. Connecting with the energy and being part of the energy is hugely important as we look to deliver our messages. But how do you cope with plenty of yeses and then a string of no's. How do you work that out? Not no. Look again and say, okay, hold on a minute. Let me reinterpret that. Let me go back. And nine times out of 10, your sitter will go, oh, yes, I know what you mean. It's yeah. it's all in the interpretation, I think. Now, yes, I know that there are mediums that say, well, you're not worth your salt if you can't just 
sit and have a chat with the spirit right there. And he says, hi, my name's Fred. I died of a heart attack and I'm 84. And I liked peanuts with almonds on them and almond colored chocolate or some, you know, detail, detail. Yeah. But unfortunately it's through the mind of the medium at work. And we only have a certain storehouse of um, exposure in our minds. So, um, you know, one medium who was teaching me said, you know, if you've never been mauled by a polar bear or had that someone that you know be mauled by a polar bear, the first cause of death being mauled by a polar bear might not get through your, your mediumship brain because mm -hmm. you don't hold that experience in your awareness. So, so sorry, my dog's barking. So you have to cut yourself a break and um, give yourself the no as, as you know, stop looking at the yes as the goodies and see the no as the, the, the good part of the meat of being a medium, a good medium. Then you're not afraid of them anymore. I truly love that. And by the sounds of it, so does the dog. Look again instead of seeing it as a no and go back in and try and find it and work it and ensure that what we get in, we can deliver it correctly. Spirit's amazing, mind. We are truly blessed and at service to work with these guys aren't we this is what it is if you're going to be a medium or a healer or channel healing energy you are in service to the divine to the spirit you are not you're just the um the facilitator you are not the. you're not doing it you know it's not you you're the extension cord you're the middleman <laughs> and the more you stay with that i'll give you an example right here from today i just i just did a reading for a lady and um uh, who sadly lost her son and there was um, a situation and uh, I was hearing a particular word of a particular um, substance and I edited it. I said, oh, no, it wouldn't have been that. You know, he didn't. Th that doesn't fit. And sure enough, after the reading was over and we were talking about the situation, um, which I got the gist of, but there was this one detail that I neglected to mention. And she said the name of that substance. And I was like, oh man, I, sh I knew it. He told me, but I cut him off. I didn't take, I edited it. I think we've all, you know, done a reading or work privately or on the rostrum where afterwards we thought, I wish I would have said this or I wish I'd have said that. So I'm sure the people listening to this podcast can really relate to that but one of the difficult situations you get is when you have somebody who you know and martin spoke about it in a podcast previously where they have their arms folded and their logs, legs crossed and they're saying come on in son come and impress me and they're very close to it all you wonder sometimes why they're there but how do you personally deal with that uh i don't focus on them I don't even look at them. I will look off and fix my gaze and stay with spirit and ramble off what I'm getting. And whether he shows or admits it or not, usually usually those people don't come alone by themselves. They're usually with someone. And that someone will say, yes, yes, you do. Yes, she is. That's right. You know, and they can't deny that this connection is happening, whether they admit it to you or not during the demonstration. That's not your business. That's up to them. I will often, when it happened to me, I was doing a gallery in San Diego and there's this curmudgeon guy, you know, old shipping guy in the back of the room like this, you know, with his legs crossed. And he's like the head honcho of the business that all these workers were here for this gallery, worked in the boats and stuff. And I start going on about this name and this event on a boat and I'm describing the slippery floor and the, how he died and all this stuff. And the guy back there is like, it, it was all for him, this message and his wife, you know, just he couldn't deny it. And I said to him, he, I started asking him things like, do you understand? And he'd say, like, 
And I'd say, uncross your arms, open your leg. Like I was right out there and I told him and the audience laughed and that lifted the energy. And then he kind of felt in the spotlight because everyone was laughing. So there are times you have to feel it. Like, is it appropriate to point this out and kind of make levity of it? Or I will say at the beginning of every gallery, I will say, how many here are um, skeptics? And they'll, a few will raise their hand and I'll say, that's good. You should be smart. You should be skeptical. You shouldn't believe everything you hear right off the bat. Cynical is harder to work with. I said, I can work with skeptic, but cynical is tough because cynical is, this is crap, prove it. You know, that's a, that's an energy right there that will be a barrier. And I explain that to them. The best way you're going to have the best evening tonight is to just open your hearts and minds to any possibility and allow me to do the best job I can do for you. And just put it right out there on the table. Now, that may be an American thing. I don't know if that would fly over there in the UK. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think it may work here. I think what people are looking for is honesty, authenticity, intimacy, all of these words that I consistently use when I talk about delivering mediumship and delivering rostrum work or private readings, et cetera. So, you know, it, it may, it may be something that could work, but you know, what would you say to an up and coming medium? What would be one of the key tips that you would like to see them implement? Oh, geez, have fun, enjoy it. Open your heart and arms and dance and, and really let yourself be spirit connecting to spirit and um, have your clear intention to serve and be of service and, and just visualize before you go on there, everything being wonderful, the connections, the energy, the spirit connections, and just see it as a wonderful evening. You know, that's all you need to worry about. You don't have to uh, make a specific plan or try to get spirits ahead of time and work from your memory backwards. And that'll just confuse you. Um, you're right. And, and confusion can really set in and, and that causes all sorts of problems. We, we're talking here, we're, we're crossing over one-to-one -one readings and we're talking about demonstrations and rostrum work, work and, and to a bigger audience. You know, what would you say to people who now have advanced and they've done their private readings and they're working really well in their spiritual development and then they get a phone call from their church, there's been a cancellation for a medium. What tips would you give somebody who is going to now venture into, you know, rostrum and audience work for the first time? Like I said, I just see it being a healing evening um, the highest good for the highest good of everyone who's attending that they might receive clear evidential uh, healing messages that they came to receive. And then I open it up and trust spirit to take care of that, you know? Um, and then I let it go, Julian, because I can't try to be in control of it and be surrendering to spirit at the same time. Uh, you have to be aware, it is juggling. You have to be aware of people's energy in the audience. You have to make sure they're not bored and falling asleep. You have to keep moving along, but you want to be detailed. So it's a, it's a wonderful, you know, dance. And, and it isn't for everybody. Some people are better with the one-to-one -one sittings and some people are better. I'm really best uh, with either one-to-one -one small group. The larger the gallery, oh, then all those spirits are coming in and I'm getting all these Names, names, who's, who's Bob, who's Frank, who's William, you know, and and, uh, and they're all shouting out. And I have to have a chat with them sometimes and say, guys, please, you know, one at a time, let me do my work per person and I will get to you as best I can. That would be a tip to prepare because the more people in the room, the more spirits are going to be in the room. And I actually like to always bring another medium. When I do a big room, I want two mediums. First of all, I think it's more interesting for the audience. Um, 
you've got a double chance of getting that many more spirit messages across in a certain amount of time. And it's really fun to work with another medium. You can, you can ping pong, take turns one to one, or you can do three messages and then they do three, or you can do a full half hour and then they do a full half hour, however you want to do it. But it's nice to share the energy. For me, it's less draining at the end if I have shared the platform with another medium. I've worked with a number of mediums in a demonstration, whether that's for a charity or whatever. It is good sometimes because you can click. You can get that energy and vibration. And, and, and sometimes if you're really close with the other medium, um, you can have a dual link and, and that can be fantastic and, and it can be... You know, it can be truly a wonderful, a wonderful blessing. But how do you stay in that energy when you have those moments of everything's flowing, everything's great, and then there's a drop in energy? How do you reconnect? How do you step back in to the power, step back into the energy? I was doing my reading with my one-to-one -to -one today, and I was speaking to this woman's son, and it was lovely, and it was swimming along, and it was clipping and happening and fast. And then there was this pause, and I was just like, okay, you know, I'm sitting with you now. I'm, I'm just going to stop and connect even more. The way to do that is to say, uh, please draw close to me and let that spirit come in really close. Let me feel you if you want. And um, sort of just say, um, share yourself with me. Get, you know, show just, just I, I'm curious about you. What do you want me to know? Invite them with a question. What would you like me to know? And then you've got to trust whatever you get. I got this random thing. I'm going along with these little details, like simple things. And then all of a sudden I'm shown an African safari with monkeys. And I'm like, okay, this doesn't make any sense, but I'm going to give it to you. And she said, yes, we went on an African safari when he was 15. I was like, what? And it seemed so random, but it came from a feeling of his love and enjoyment for the beauty of, of, of nature and animals. And he showed me this scene of, uh, I thought it was symbolic. I didn't know it was literal. And uh, I just told her what I got. I'm seeing monkeys. I feel like African safari. He's giving me this scene. And she said, yes. So Allison, you just need to slow down, surrender and, and, and enjoy the interchange with the spirit energy and let it come close. That's great. But what about driving and building your own energy? How do you how do you, when you've had a dip because you've done four or five readings or you've been on the rostrum for an hour, how do you pick that up? Uh, your own energy. you got to get your own energy up. If your energy is low, you're, you're, you're having trouble connecting with the frequency of spirit. You're in different rooms. So you want to get into the room with spirit. Now, I believe they work with us and they try to come down to our level too a little bit, but we have to lift ourselves and go up to him, to them. So um, make sure you're breathing. Make sure you're getting hydrated enough. Um, and also don't try too hard. Like don't make your spine burn. My back used to burn. I was like reaching for spirit, you know, just relax and let them be right here. They're right here. And just, just relax into it. And usually that will help, um, the connection. And once the connection comes, the energy starts to build because you get excited, you get linked with that vibration of spirit. When you do drop out though, and we, we, we brushed upon this a few moments ago when you do sort of drop out and you think oh i've lost the connection where do i go how do i get back in especially when you're under pressure because you've got a sitter in front of you or you've got the wider audience is this something that you would say is that a tip you could really help it so you know with your experience yes it's like i always use the example when i explain to a group of people or to a, um, a client i say 
so we're in the next room uh the song roxanne is playing by the police on the radio but we're talking here and we're not paying attention and if we just shift our focus we'll hear roxanne you know it's like oh that's the police okay and you just you just shift and there you might see a bit you might see a scene you might see a running river and pine trees and a little boat and a man fishing you know that may be your first link uh you might get a name i often get names of living people too that the deceased know in the family and that's they've learned that's how they link with me they get my attention and then when i get it accurate and the person i'm reading for recognizes the name then we're off and running so you start to learn how spirit works with you and you can also direct them and ask them how you want them to work with you like give me a symbol for birthday no or you can tell them my symbol for birthdays is uh three candles my symbol for alcoholic is brown whiskey in a glass with rocks you know and when you see that you that may mean alcoholic it doesn't mean beer you know what i mean so you have to make your own um language with the spirit we touched across it a little bit earlier where we talked about Sometimes we don't do things in, in, in the, because of fear, if you like. But also that fear is fueled by the judgment. We, we, we want to be judged, but we want to be judged in a good light. How do you deal with the judgment aspect? Still, to this day, I, I I get anxious a little bit. I get nervous. I get afraid. Sometimes I don't want to do it because I think I'm going to mess up <clears throat> and be judged. The, the biggest thing we're all afraid of is, is judgment, is being judged. And one way to nip that in the bud is before every event you can say look guys i'm i'm here to serve you and do my best and the more like i said the more willing and open you can be to, to um, support me the more confident i'm going to be to do the work i'm just right out there with it now maybe that's not proper but um i got over the thing of i'm up here to prove to you because that just put me in too much stress how do you deal as well because sometimes when we have a spirit come close and we want that intimacy we want that closeness we want the blend the energies what happens how do you feel sometimes when when somebody comes in and they bring an ailment or they bring something that's wrong with them or they bring you know they pass with a heart condition how how do you get around those things how do you work through those really strong close vibrations with the spirits energies i have felt physically like i couldn't breathe because the lady who passed couldn't breathe and i'll tell them oh that's a little close step back it's uncomfortable um my voice has changed when I've consciously channeled other beings like, you know, multidimensional beings, not human deceased people. But I can hear their voice in my head and imitate it if asked, but I don't do that. I, I was taught that I, but, but what you're doing, you know, organically may just be how your energy responds. If it's not disturbing you and it's not too slow, so that you're losing your attention of your of your receiver then i don't see a problem with it i'm a firm believer that we all work in the light and we work with good spirits and good vibrations and good energies etc but i i have had some instances where things have been a little bit more difficult and sometimes it can be a little bit darker but how do you deal with you know negative energies either that from the sitter from the spirit world um how do you deal with that because fundamentally you know, your experience, you must have come across situations whereby, you know, you've had to work out a situation and take away that negativity. Um, well, there are lots of techniques for that. You know, there's smudging, burning white sage, opening windows and burning the white sage, which is called yeah. smudge. Um, 
assalt uh, in the corners of the house, yes. Lemon water and salt in the dish with, you know, sprinkling through the house kind of way the holy men do. But mostly, I like to use mantra. I call in, you know, God's vibrational frequency with God, 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 Ram, 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 Krishna, Krishna, Christ, Christ, Christ. You know, the higher vibrational frequency sound vibration will help clear and keep away like a shield. Water always works if you're standing in water. Um, the lower entities can't really get through your field. Um, I've, I've learned that. Uh, but mostly you have to be strong in your own soul's light, your own core light. And that's, I believe, what the spiritualists who I learned, you know, learned from and Stan said when they talked about, oh, you don't need all this protection, you're in the light. When you're sitting in that power, they call it the power, it's your spiritual light, the power of love, creation, God, consciousness. And when you expand your own true original beingness, which is always who you are, without the covering of the earth suit and the ego, you are pure, beautiful, golden light. And that comes right from your core here, right? The, the third chakra, mm -hmm. you can just literally open it like a lotus and just expand it all around you, 360 degrees, and just per permeate that. And in that space, you cannot feel negativity. You're just, you're just beautiful, perfect spirit in that energy. So see and, and affirm that you are that light. And then you just say, no, you may not enter here. You are not welcome here. Back off. And eventually they get bored with trying and they'll flit off to someone else who's weaker. You see, we have doorways that open to interfering energies and, and mischievous spirits. Fear is a doorway. Guilt is a doorway. Abandonment can be a doorway. Um, you know, when you're feeling low or ill or bad on yourself, talking down to yourself, depression is a doorway. They feed on those lower frequencies and they want to hang around you. So when you raise your frequency and affirm that there is only God that exists here now, I am a divine, holy woman created by the divine. No, they don't want to hang out with you because you're no fun. They can't feed off of you. Spirit never cease to amaze me. Synchronicity and bringing people together and showing me the way is being unreal. And Catherine Glass came to me when I was looking up on Facebook to find the next guest and what a guest she was. Psychic, medium, healer, teacher, extraordinaire. How blessed were we to have her on the TTS podcast. Thank you. Keep listening. God bless, be loved and give love. It's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.